We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category with D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. It's Thursday, August 15th. Nick Whalen here. Not only with just Alex Barutha, but with James Anderson as well. A rare three-man podcast. A uh, ton to get to today. We want to discuss the composite rankings that we put up on the site yesterday. All three of us, as well as Shannon McCune, uh, submitted our rankings that, that comprise those. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the betting opportunities with the season still a little over two months away. Title odds, number one seed odds, MVP, uh, and then some of our own props as well. Um, but a couple of news items to get to before we dive into that. Adrian Wojnarowski about an hour ago tweeted that Boogie Cousins um, may have suffered a knee injury uh, three days ago. Kind of a strange report. You know, the wording was uh, very cautious. I think uh, Woj said he has a possible knee injury and it would have been sustained during a workout back on Monday. So I read into it a little more, dug up some more tweets. Initially, you know, basically when Woj tweets something like that, he usually doesn't tweet out you know oh, the guy just has a bruised thigh um, but there were other tweets and then the story that Woj ended up putting up on ESPN 
that said that it's a knee to knee type of injury. So, you know, of course that could still lead to, to something more serious, but my initial thought, you know, was, you know, given the injuries that Boogie's had, you know, you immediately think ACL, meniscus, something like that. Hopefully it's not anything that serious, but I mean, we've, we've talked before this Lakers team already has razor thin margins when it comes to how this roster is constructed and being without Boogie for even a month or two to start the season would be a huge loss. Yeah, the the reporting was kind of weird on it that you, you would think something like that would come out immediately, but I don't know. It must have just kept bothering him more as the days went on and, mm-hmm. and it really got fixed. But, yeah, I mean, if if the Warriors are down to Marcus Cousins, I mean, I guess they have JaVale McGee and maybe they can slide Anthony Davis up to center to, like, fix some of that. But, you know, that's it's obviously not great for if, them. If the answer is they have JaVale McGee, I, right. I don't know if it's <laughs> such a good thing. I honestly don't – as long as it's not a – season ender i i think mm-hmm. their best lineup honestly to me is davis at center anyway with right. demarcus not on the floor so i don't necessarily think it would hurt them as long as davis is okay playing a ton of center he obviously doesn't like playing center right. but uh i mean just davis at center lebron at point guard and three shooters is their best yes. lineup to me so i don't i don't think it's a huge deal in terms of the Lakers' season's mm-hmm. over or anything like that but uh for fantasy i just right. i i wasn't going to be drafting DeMarcus Cousins probably anyways just because I didn't think he was going to get more than 25 minutes a game and now it's just even more risky than that well yeah the issue as you as you mentioned is Davis wants to play power forward and it sounds like LeBron wants to play point guard which which I think will probably end up happening but right the best case scenario might be an injury like this forcing Anthony Davis to play most (laughs) of his minutes at center because I don't I don't really trust Frank Vogel to, to look Anthony Davis and in more so LeBron James in the eye and say no this is where you're going to play I don't think he has that kind of clout with them you don't say yeah I don't say I told you yesterday I was listening to a pod and they mentioned Frank Vogel I completely forgot that he's the, the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers yeah he's uh <laughs> that's that's such a forgotten about aspect of this season just because everyone's talking about the roster but right. um yeah that's not a good situation. <laughs> <laughs> so Team USA, um, the big news out of that camp yesterday was they got just absolutely beat down by, I wouldn't even say a G League all-star team, just like a collection of G League players who happened to be in the LA area and were willing to scrimmage. Um, I, I wouldn't freak out too much about that. It seems like every Olympics or FIBA cycle, we hear a story like this dating all the way back to like 1992, when I think what the Chris Webber select team allegedly beat uh, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and, and the 92 team. Uh, but there's a Team USA exhibition versus Spain tomorrow night in California. What is your level of interest in this? It will be televised. I'm assuming, James, you are not going to be watching this. Well, I, pro- I won't watch that just because of the, the time of day it is, but I'm going to yeah. try to watch as many of the morning games yeah. as I can in the tournament. Right. I think they're going to be 8 or 9 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Central time. So that actually lines up. I'd rather, I'd rather do that than I feel like in years past it's been – either middle of the afternoon or late at night. Yeah, I mean, the late at night aspect, like especially on a weekend, I'm not going to like go out of my way to watch an exhibition. Right. But, I mean, the, the morning games, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a perfect kind of remedy for this spot yeah. in the sports calendar. All right, composite rankings. Uh, you can find these on the site. Uh, they're the, the header on the NBA page. should be pretty easy to navigate. Um, the three of us, as I said, submitted our top 150. Shannon McEwen did the same. Um, and pretty self-explanatory from there. You know, we took the average of the four. We also have a median measurement. Um, and unsurprisingly, the, the the results yielded a pretty clear top three. Harden ended up being number one. I had him number one. So did Shannon. 
Alex, you had him number two behind Giannis. James, you had him at three behind Giannis and Towns. Um, and of course, two and three ended up being Giannis and Towns. And there's a little bit of a gap uh, between those three and Anthony Davis at number four. Um, how, how big was that gap for you guys? I guess, did you consider anyone else really in the top three? Was it, was it hard to separate Harden, Giannis, Towns from, from that next tier with Davis, Curry, Jokic, and Bede? I think for me, I, I think there's a pretty good chance, a realistic chance that Steph Curry sneaks into the top three if he stays healthy. I mean, because this Warriors team is just like ridiculously thin. Um, like I've talked about with you, Nick, like is Alec Burks their like fourth most talented offensive player? You know, especially before Clay Thompson comes back. So um, it's also a reason I'm kind of I'm still high on um, D'Angelo Russell. But I think if anybody sneaks into that top three, it's it's probably Steph Curry. Yeah, I thought the those top three, you know, obviously extremely talented, but I think they're just the three safest yeah. guys too. Right. Like I, I totally agree with. I mean, Curry could finish as the number one guy. I mean, Davis could finish as the number one guy. I mean, there's. Mm-hmm. Uh, scenarios where that plays out i mean i think Jokic could finish as a top three guy but i just think those the top three yeah. guys it's just you know exactly what you're getting and there's very little uh concern in terms of injuries yeah i think that top six Harden, Giannis, towns davis curry Jokic, could be scrambled in just about any order you know as the rankings demonstrate i think Jokic would probably be the most surprising number one overall but you drop down to seven and then it's Embiid, who is inherently limited by the number of games he's going to play and then you drop down to Lillard at number eight, just a guy who doesn't quite provide the the all-around statistics or the high-end offensive numbers that, that someone like Curry or Towns provides. Um, and as you keep going further down, you know, LeBron at nine obviously has his question marks after last season. Uh, I wanted to talk about Bradley Beal at 10. Uh, I had him eight in my ranking. Shannon had him all the way up at six. He said he actually wanted to put him higher. Uh, and then you two uh, had him at 13th and 14th, respectively. Um, is this partially because he just can't sustain what he did last year, essentially carrying that team for the last 65 games? Is it concerned that he might be traded at some point, taking on a lesser role? Um, I mean, the gap between 6 or 8 and 13 and 14 isn't huge, but um, you know, what are you expecting a slight regression from him this year? Um, I, I mean, he played all 82 games last year and led the league in minutes. There's like no, there's right. no reason for that to happen this year. Like, I mean, maybe they'll do it. I don't, I have no idea what the Wizards organization is up to. Like, I'm sure that Bradley Beal can play at a top five fantasy level. I just think it's the, the chances of, you know, the, the Wizards throwing him out mm-hmm. there for that long. I just, I don't really buy it this year. Yeah. If you told me he was going to be on the Wizards all season and lead the league in minutes again, he'd yeah. probably be my fifth guy but i i just i think there's a chance he gets traded to a situation where he's like the third guy there's a chance he uh i mean if he gets hurt and misses i mean he hasn't been like the most durable guy ever and then last year he leads the league in minutes i think it was crazy for them to give him that many minutes um you know they winning this year is not a priority for them he's his teammates are horrible so i I just think there's more risk there than with the other guys that i'm considering Mm -hmm. in that like five to ten range yeah, he's played 82 each of the last two years, 77 the year before that. But as you mentioned, it really wasn't all that long ago that he was considered, you know, certainly not on the level of an, of an Embiid or a Blake Griffin or anything like that, but, you know, a guy that you couldn't really trust. I mean, 63 games in 2014-15 and then just 55 uh, the year after, and he, he didn't even start 20 of those games. So he's he's kind of turned it around from a health perspective. But I'm with you guys. I, I think last year was probably the absolute peak. There's also a chance that there's a – you know, Anthony Davis situation where he yep. asks for a trade and like 
you know, I mean, there's just all there's all kinds of weird downside aspects yeah. that aren't there with the other guys sort of in that range. It does seem like he's going down that path, like giving Washington every opportunity, you know, to to do right by him. I mean, he's he's yet to make any negative comments whatsoever. Um, we already know, you know, over the last two or three years, there've been rumblings about his relationship with John Wall. Now Wall's just essentially out of the picture for a year and a half. Um, but it, it would be surprising to me, one, if Bradley Beal takes that extension that I believe he has another, what, month or two, I think, to sign. Um, and then, you know, two, if he doesn't end up requesting a trade at some point this year. The Wizards, I think we can all agree, are not going to be a very good team. No, uh, I think they're going to, are they going to start, what, CJ Miles at the three? You have, like, Bertans also in there, Troy Brown. I, I'm, I think their second best player is Thomas Bryant. Like, I'm pretty convinced that that's the case. Yeah, which I, is... I really don't know who else, who else would be in the running. Ish Smith? Ish Smith, I think. And do they, you know, when they're losing by 18 heading into the fourth quarter, right. like, well, how many minutes does Bradley Beal play in that? <laughs> Last year, the answer quarter. was, like, 42. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, he's it, an, it they have sense. to look at him as a trade asset yes. when he turns down that extension. And yep. at that point, you preserve his minutes for yep. whoever you're trading. They're one of those teams I expect to play as if they're contending for the first 20 games and then you know hopefully come to their senses although they've shown very few signs of of kind of looking ahead with how they've operated especially as it pertains to Beal um I want to talk about some of the outliers in the rankings uh guys who you know maybe one or one or two of us were significantly higher or lower on than the others the first one that jumps out to me is a guy who's getting tons of Team USA hype right now Donovan Mitchell after listening and, and reading about how he's played this week in Team USA, I think you might be in the right here, James. You have Mitchell all the way up at number 12 on your list. Uh, I had him at 28. Alex has him at 28. Shannon had him at 26. Um, you know, what, what is the reasoning? I, I know you went into this a little bit on Twitter last night, uh, but what is the reasoning for, for having him you know, so much higher, basically around and a half higher than the rest of us? Uh, I think that Last year, he was playing in an incredibly flawed offense, not necessarily an offensive system, but just the pieces in that offense. Just, you know, there there was no reason for him to ever have a one-on-one with a, a spread floor where he could just do a, a pick and roll with three shooters or just kind of beat his man uh, because you had Ricky Rubio, who was just nobody Nobody tried to guard. And, I mean, even like Jay Crowder, they've, they've made huge upgrades in those departments. So I think, you know, their best lineups, it's going to be Rudy Gobert and four guys that can really shoot. And I think that that's just going to open up so many more opportunities for him. Uh, you can also just sort of factor in, you know, natural from age 22 to age 23 skills growth. I think a lot of the best players in kind of the modern era have taken a bit of a leap after their first Team USA experience. And he's just one of those offensive engines where I think, you know, he's not in quite like the James Harden uh, type of realm, but I think he's kind of a step below that where he's just going to have a really high usage. He helps you in pretty much every category except for blocks. Like I think the field goal percentage will be a plus this year because his efficiency should improve with the, the more spread out floor. So um, I just kind of like the idea of getting a guy like that where he's going to help you in, in seven of the eight categories, and I think there's just a, a really high ceiling for him. Like uh, One of the over-unders I kind of came up with with him is just would you go over-under 25.1 points per game for him this year? Ooh. He was at 23.8 last year. I think he gets uh, close to maybe 26 points a game. Um, so that's And then I think the assists go up too because I think – um, people are going to have to leave 
a shooter to, to help on him, especially on those pick and rolls. So I think he's going to uh, eclipse the five assist mark this year for the first time. He's a guy, too, that got off to a really rough start last year. I mean, he, I, I think at the 35 game mark, basically at the end of December, he was shooting 29% from three, just over 40% from the field. And, you know, you look at the overall numbers and, you know, it kind of looks like he almost plateaued in, in, from his rookie season. And, and part of that was just setting the bar so high as a rookie. Um, but over the second half of last year, after the All-Star game, 45% from three, 46% from the field, 58% true shooting, free throw rate was way up. His, his on-off was almost double, um, you know, and the supporting cast around him is only getting better. I, I agree with just about everything you said, James. I think, uh, and we'll talk about this later on, I, I think if there's a prohibitive favorite to, you know, maybe not only win Most Improved Player Award, but really, really make that jump from you know borderline all-star borderline you know if you were making a 15th fifth team all nba type of guy to someone who's really going to leap into that second or third team all nba conversation yeah i mean i agree with that overall just like i think he yeah after hearing the team usa stuff also like he mitchell should probably be closer to where we have him like average ranked like 23 and a half like over under probably 20 and where you should draft him um I my really my only concern with Mitchell is like do they need him to take 20 shots a game anymore with Conley and Bogdanovich there and Joe Ingles still there like I think I think his I think his field goal percentage could go up by so much that it just doesn't matter yeah and so like for me it's hard to it's hard to balance the the thought of him being so much more efficient with maybe seeing less usage um but I don't like James said like maybe the floor just gets spaced out so well that he that he just even sees more volume somehow. So I think he's just a really hard guy to he's a really hard guy to project overall. I, th- I think the reason why I think the attempts stay the same and maybe like I, I think stay the same I think is the safest bet. But I also wouldn't rule out like them going up. Is just this the only way for this team to be a legitimate championship contender is for him to sort of take that leap into yeah. just dominant yeah. closer, dominant like right. twenty six, twenty seven point a game guy. Whereas if if they just make it a big thing where like everyone just gets a turn, we're sharing the ball a ton. I mean, they could win a ton of games in the regular season, but I don't really think that sets them up that well for the postseason. And well, I think they'll do that to some degree. But you look at the guys they brought in; none of those players, you know, are are going to be a superstar caliber, you know, player, especially in this context. Like, I don't think any of those guys—they're just all great supporting players, right? I, and I think they know that. You know, I don't think Bogdanovich is coming in saying, "All right, I'm the number one option now." I don't. Conley's never thought that way. You know, I think they recognize there's, you know, they probably wanted to come play with Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I don't. I don't think any of those guys are going to to think they're going to come in and take over this team. I, I think they fully recognize the pecking order. And yeah, like you said, I, I would be very surprised if he's not a 45 plus percent shooter from the field and then that number could go up even quite a bit more i mean the, the last few years a lot of the difficult looks that he's had to take for a team that just didn't have shot creators um you know that just won't be the case anymore another guy uh who you're a little bit higher on james and the rest of us you had jimmy butler ninth overall in your rankings shannon and i both had him at 14 alex you were a little bit lower down at 20 um i guess i'll let you guys kind of kind of battle it out for where you're at on jimmy butler i mean for me butler i just I kind of worry about his – I kind of worry about the games played. That's kind of where – like, I kind of constructed my list from a risk-reward perspective. And, like, I'm not – I don't really count on Jimmy Butler playing more than, like, 72 games. Um, and at that point, it's just hard for me to, like, draft a guy who I just assume is going to, you know, like, play 65 to 70 games. 
Um, I think, I mean, his usage is definitely going to go up. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think, I mean, the the Heat and Spolstra, he's a coach who's going to let, who, he's going to want, like, a lot of ball movement and a lot of other guys. I don't, I think Jimmy Butler wants to come in and dominate. But at the same time, I don't think Spolstra is a guy to, like, necessarily let that happen if he doesn't think it's best for the team. Um, but overall, it's just it's just the injury concerns for me, which is why I put him at, like, 20. Yeah, that's that's valid. I I maybe should have cooked in a little bit more uh, games played risk there. Um, You know, I I think he's going to be just – there are just very few players in the NBA that I think are going to be more of a focal point for their team offensively than Butler. And so I just think he's going to have his hand in pretty much everything, whether it's scoring or uh, assisting. And and he's really – you know, at his best, he's a true eight-category guy. I mean, his blocks for position, I think, is is above average what you would expect there. So I think he's the type of guy where it's just a really nice foundational piece uh, where he's helping you pretty much everywhere. I mean, uh, I think he's just a perfect fit with the Heat sort of culture, and he's going to come in like in maybe the best shape he's been in in, in a couple of years. And um everything's just going to revolve around him and I think he wants like he he clearly wanted to be the guy I think he wants to make a statement this year about just how good he can be with him being the clear best player on his team and uh I didn't I didn't factor in enough uh games played risk there so I think that that's a a really good point but if if he does play like 75 games I think he's gonna have just a, a monster first round caliber fantasy season I mean do you think he can top what was his best season his final year in Chicago um 2016-17 I think that was a Dwayne Wade year 23.9 points 6.2 rebounds five and a half assists just under two steals half a block well think of the pace difference like from like those Chicago teams in that era of the NBA versus like just any team in today's era like there's just going to be I mean he I think he could average like 26-27 a game this year so that's sort of where I'm going with that yeah they were at 95.3 uh (laughs) position for 48 so yeah that is that is actually a very good point um let's see who else what do you think about paul george versus jimmy butler um you know we talked about the the games played concerns with butler obviously george uh, inherently carries that as well they they're right next to each other in our composite rankings number 12 and 13 and james this was of all the the players in maybe the top 30 or so um probably the biggest outlier uh i had i had uh paul george at 11 shannon has him at 11 Alex has him all the way up at seven, and then you're down at number 30 yeah. overall. On, on our next update, I'm going to have him like eight spots higher, yeah. like low 20s or, or high 20s, I should say. Um, Still, though, I mean, I, a, a I, big difference. I just think you look at the incentives of the Clippers this year, the incentives of Paul George this year in the regular season. I just don't see any reason at all for him to play more games than he needs to. Like, I don't think they're going to. If anything, I would expect them to take sort of a cautious approach with him coming back from from those shoulder surgeries. I think it's a situation where this team could just be really, really good to the point that he might play, you know, 28 minutes, 30 minutes, 31 minutes in like some of their wins where they Mm -hmm. just don't need to lean on him that heavily at all. I know that, you know, the Thunder were, you know, a team that was over 500 last year, but like they needed – every little every last bit that that Paul George could give them to be as good as they were last year whereas this Clippers team I just think they have so many different ways to to beat you that I don't think they're gonna have to lean on him that heavily and especially just when factoring in the the shoulder surgeries um like I don't I don't like drafting 
players that I already know have a physical issue, especially mm. in the first round. Like that's that's burned me before, and um, I'm not concerned about the type of player that he's going to be in like January, February, March. But um, just for a first round pick, it's not not where I'm going to be going. Devin Booker came in at 16 overall. Uh, I had him at 16. Shannon had him at 15. James had him up at 13. You were a little bit lower on him, Alex, at 24. Um, what, what is the concern with Booker? Booker, I mean, I don't know. The The game's played thing is, is – it concerns me a little bit, not too much. I just don't know if he – they brought Ricky Rubio in to presumably, like, handle the ball a lot more i mean you don't you don't bring ricky rubio in to like be second fiddle offensively i guess unless you're the jazz but um i just feel like his assists will probably go down bookers and um i mean he has a chance to be more effective offensively but at the same time i just feel like there are there are other guys who i would rather take the risk on um if that makes sense like i i feel like really confident about other guys like Darren Fox, you know, Jimmy Butler having just as big of a role offensively as, uh, as Devin Booker. I mean, I think I, you know, he obviously has like all-star upside, um, and puts up plenty of numbers. I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's more of a reflection of how, how more, how highly I view other players Mm -hmm. that ended up just dropping him down my list than me, like not particularly liking Devin Booker. I think you're right. The assist, He's not going to average seven assists a game with Ricky Rubio so. on that team. He's really not going to be playing point guard for most of his minutes, as he has been kind of on and off these last couple of years. He is a guy, though, that I think has room to improve as a shooter. Like I think if you right. ask the casual fan to name you know, the top five or ten shooters in the league, everyone would say Devin Booker, but he kind of has that Kyle Kuzma you know, effect to it. <laughs> like you look at the numbers, like Kuz barely topped 30% from three last year. Devin Booker on six and a half attempts per game was under 33 percent and you know after shooting 38 percent the year prior so i think that goes back up um but at the same time you know i think the assists go back down and and the lack of assists is probably a little more harmful than maybe a half more three-pointer per game is helpful yeah i you know i think that they the assists probably go down but i also think that devin booker might just take the ball up the court and just kind of tell Ricky Rubio to like <laughs> get moving. Like I, I just that's gonna be a terrible fit. It's, right? it's yeah, just it's gonna be good. weird to watch him be like, okay, here you go, Ricky. Like you're the point guard. I'll go like wait yeah. my turnover in the corner. Like I, I, I still think he's gonna just handle the ball a yeah. decent amount. Um, I can't imagine there's a lot of mutual respect between us two. <laughs> no, I, I mean it was a terrible signing, and that obviously not ideal for like it, it would have been much better for Devin Booker's fantasy value if yeah. they had signed Terry Rozier or something like that but uh I, I I'm not gonna I still think he could average like five and a half six assists even yep. with Rubio right. there so I I think that there's a chance he gets close to 30 points a game this year so I mean my biggest concern with him is just the always late season games played concern yep. but you know with the new lottery odds I don't think that's as big of an issue so we should probably talk about Russell Westbrook. He came in at 20 overall. Uh, Shannon and I were, were aligned on him at 27. You guys were quite a bit higher. Uh, Alex, you had him 11th. James, you had him 15th. I, I want to put Russell Westbrook higher. I, I think of the three of See, us, I, I'm probably, I wanted to put him lower. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to – I wanted to just ask you, like, why did you rank him this high? What happened? Well, it's – you know, it's fantasy rankings. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's not uh, – you know, I think that system, uh, I could see him having his – like a significantly better fantasy year than he did last year. And I think that the, 
like the free throw percentage thing, I just don't buy that he's all of a sudden this horrible free throw <laughs> shooter. Like uh, he's a horrible regular shooter, but I mean he's a guy that shot eighty percent. Shot eighty line plus before. percent seven yeah. years in a row, I just, and then sixty six last. I year. don't see that. I, I think he bounces back up, and then you know I even think his field goal percentage like almost has to go up just moving into this different offense. And uh, I mean you just. He's going to take a bunch of Clint Capella's rebounds. I think he probably gets close to a triple double again. I mean, it, I I don't I hope really. Capella puts up a fight. <laughs> I don't really have any <laughs> fantasy concerns for him. Yeah. I think he's going to have a good fantasy season. Well, what do you think about the assists? He's led the league in assists each of the last two years. He's averaged at least ten point three each of the last four years. Um, you know, kind of going through and, and tweaking our projections. That's something I've really gone back and forth on. You know, he's obviously teaming up with another high volume assist guy. Um, would you go over under double digit assists? I would. I think. I. I think it, the safe money is on it being like in the nine to ten range, like nine and a half, something like that. But I. I think he will want to average a triple double again. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> bold statement. But first yeah. player to ever do it for two teams. <laughs> um, it's just. I mean, he's been over ten for four straight years. Even if he drops down to, I, I can't see it going below nine. So I mean, you're mm-hmm. still talking about a top ten, twelve guy in that category. Yeah, and I mean Harden's. 2016-17 season where he averaged 11 assists a game. That's like a complete outlier in his career. Yeah, like last year he averaged seven and a half assists. I think more people thought he averaged more assists than that. And I think if anything, like he'll. I mean, Westbrook's probably not going to be the one to be spotting up and and shooting. You rather have? I don't know. Did you not see that video of him shooting wide open threes <laughs> at UCLA? The other day? Right. Um, but I mean, there's a chance Hargan ends up shooting more threes, like as a spot up guy. Yeah. Um, but as far as Westbrook, like this is another situation where the, the free throw percentage is a really good thing to bring up. But I'm just like looking at the guys below him on my list. It's like Okemba Walker, his situation's kind of cloudy now. Bradley Beal, we talked about him. Kawhi's got the injury history. Kyrie Irving's got an injury history. Drew Holiday's on a weird rebuilding team. Like, mm-hmm. do I think Doncic or Trey Young's gonna be better than Westbrook? Like, it's just hard for me to to justify putting a bunch of guys over Westbrook. I also think with the assists, like he'll have more true assists this year. Like a lot of his assists in Oklahoma city were him just trying to get assists. Whereas like in the flow of this Rockets offense, there's going to be better shooters to pass to, and there's going to be an even better lob man in Capella. So I think like he'll be able to get his assists in a more authentic way this year. Two guys, you were a little bit lower on Alex, uh, Christoph Porzingis, who of course didn't play at all last year. He's now in Dallas. And then John Collins, um, the, the rest of us had Collins either at 21 or 22 overall. You had Collins back at 38. Uh, another guy who's missed some games the last couple of years. I, I assume that was somewhat of a factor. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even really mean to have Collins this low. I was kind of <laughs> surprised it ended up this way. Um, because he's a guy, I actually really like Collins as a player. Like he was basically 20 and 10 last year. Um, when he was healthy, he's got upside as a three point shooter, the like lack of blocks last year kind of concerned me that they're just really going to want to keep him at power forward um you know it sounds like Alex Len's going to be like the full-time center so I don't know what that does for Collins rebounding um but I I'll, I'll probably end up moving him up when everything's said and done especially once we get you know our projections on the site and I can kind of mm-hmm. see where where he ends up landing but yeah the the missed games are a little bit of a concern um but yeah I mean I I, I should probably have him higher that's how I feel about De'Aaron Fox, who is 28th overall. I have him 39th. Shannon has, Shannon has him 42nd. Uh, and then both of you guys have him quite a bit higher. Alex, 22nd. Uh, and James, 17th overall. Um, 
I mean, I'm expecting a big leap. I, I guess where where is it coming statistically for him to make you know a, a leap of you know 40 spots or so in the overall rankings? Fox, yeah. uh, just more points, more assists, um, better efficiency, uh, probably more threes. I mean, definitely I, more threes. L- I, less than yeah. three attempts a game last year. I think I think he's probably going to improve across the board. Maybe he maybe he stays the same in like steals and blocks, but. Uh, I mean, I, I just love getting the kind of offensive engine types, like as sort of my first mm-hmm. guard off the board. I, I tend to skew my rankings towards big men just because I think that it's tougher to get blocks and, and rebounds later in the draft without getting a guy that's just going to destroy your free throw percentages. Right. But, um, you know, with Fox, I just, I like the floor and I think that there's upside there. Maybe I'm a little too high on him. Maybe he shouldn't be in the top 20, but I, I definitely think he should be in the top 30. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really high on Fox. I think I mean the 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 transition from year one to year two from him was like crazy. He he played like four more minutes a game, but his free throw attempts went up a ton. He averaged basically the same amount of turnovers, but brought his assists up from four to seven, which is absurd. Yeah, if he can if he can expand his range a little bit, stay hitting like thirty five percent of his threes. If the free throw percentage goes up at all, and he keeps shooting them, like I mean, he's in an opportunity. Like there's. He could have just as good of a fantasy season as Trey Young, who I think a lot of people are going to, like, he might go at the end of first round in some drafts or beginning of second round for some people who are just insanely high on him. But, um, yeah, Fox, especially the Team USA factor, um, I just, I think he's due for a, a, he could be most improved player. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I haven't seen odds on that. But, I, I mean, if somebody handed those out, I would say him and Mitchell Tatum, you know, are probably in that top three. I'm sure there are a couple others if we really comb through. Uh, but you mentioned free throw rate up almost 14 percentage points from rookie year to sophomore year. And, you know, he's not going to make another leap that great from right. year two to year three. But, you know, even a even a four or five percentage point increase is, is pretty significant in the long run. Um, what about Chris Paul? I I have my concerns. I think I expected to be a little bit lower on him than I ended up being. I was the highest. I had him at 30 um you guys both had him back in the 50s is this again kind of hedging for for games played i I do think if he's able to stay healthy which is a massive if and there's maybe a 10 percent chance that happens that you know he could end up being one of the leaders in the league in assists you know getting away from from james harden and you know he still put up really good assist numbers when healthy in houston doesn't have the greatest cast around him not a lot of shooters um but he does have a decent pick and roll center and stephen adams he does have shea gilgis alexander um outside of that though not a ton of talent Gallinari you know another guy who's probably can be penciled in for 35 missed games um if Chris Paul stays healthy I think he'll be really good but again a very big if yeah I mean if Paul stays healthy and stays on the thunder the whole year I mean him being like the 20th to 30th best fantasy player like that wouldn't surprise me at all he has the his assists are gonna go up big time like I'm he could average 18 and 10 um but for me it's just a risk reward thing like I just if 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 30 is like sort of his realistic ceiling if he plays like 70 games i just i don't want to draft him there i want to draft him at like 50 ish um where i am hedging for him missing games going to another team sitting out every time he has a sore knee or sore ankle because they just the thunder don't want to wreck the trade asset all of that mm-hmm. right I, I thought he was a really tough guy to rank so you know anything in the 30 to 60 range would have made sense to me it's yep. just like Alex said, it's a lot of risk, a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of good players. So I, yeah. I probably just wouldn't never take him in the third round. 
the guy right behind Chris Paul in our rankings comes in at number 42, Zion Williamson. Uh, three of us had him ranked in the 40s. James, you were the highest at 34, but I know you've done a couple early season drafts, Alex, and, and Zion's gone even higher than that. He never gets past the third round. I've never seen him get – so, I mean, he's a he usually late second to early third is – is where I kind of expect him to end up, like come draft day. But I have I've done at least five mock drafts in various formats. He he has never gone after the third round. Yeah, I, I mean I think he's obviously not going to help you in threes. I think he's going to be a, a slight negative in free throw percentage, but I don't think he's going to be a huge negative there. I think he's going to be like a sixty-eight, seventy percent uh, free throw guy, and then I think he's going to just help you pretty much everywhere else. I mean maybe he's under four assists but i think eventually he's like a five assist guy and then uh you know i think the blocks and steals i, I think he could be 1.5 and both of i mean mm-hmm. obviously blocks he's going to be over 1.5 but i think in steals he could be 1.5 as a rookie and there just aren't many guys that are going to get you over a block and over a steal and i think his free throw per- i think his field goal percentage could be around like 57 <laughs> like i mean he's just gonna i mean it was at 68 at Duke. yeah i mean right. I, I think he's just gonna really like lift you in a few categories yep. that you don't expect most rookies to lift you in and then i think just i mean the points are going to be there I, I mean he's a very unique fantasy player he's a tough mm. guy to rank um but I, I i think the one thing that could really swing his value is just what are the free throw what's the free throw percentage because if he's like in the high 50s then all of a sudden that's yeah. a horrible pick but if he's not really hurting you a ton there then i think he's he's a fine pick in like the late third early fourth I think he's going to be a major drag on threes. I think they're, you know, we only saw him for like nine minutes in summer league, but like that was a disastrous nine minutes for, for his three point. He's not, I mean, looks. but okay. What would you say over under for Zion made threes this year? Less than one a game. Yeah. Well, obviously, sure. but I mean, like, oh, like, I mean, like, total? like uh, 15, I think he'll have more than that. I think, okay. I think he'll have games where he goes like one of seven. Like I think un- he'll be undisciplined. Think he'll take, that I think early on he will, <laughs> okay. and then eventually he'll just drop off. I, I think he's like, did you watch summer league? Like he was no, taking, I know, but it's off the dribble, league. step like, back, sidestep threes. This is a team like, that has think, a chance to get into the playoffs. I can't right. picture he is him very coachable. I will say that. Threes, like, yeah. I, I think early on there will be some experimenting with the threes. It will not look good, and he'll kind of get away from it. Um, but you know, he, I think it'll kind of look like Marvin Bagley last year. You know, where the games where Bagley would play twenty-five to thirty minutes, he'd start feeling himself a little bit, and maybe take one or two more threes than he should. But he'd, sometimes he'd have games where he'd go three or five. Sometimes I'm kind of thinking. I, I'm thinking it might be kind of like first half of the season, Giannis sort of. Yeah. Where it's just some games he maybe takes an open one. Yeah, exactly. Be, but like he's not ever really looking for that shot. I think pretty early on it'll be clear that he's not ready to start taking like off the dribble threes, and then it'll be you know trailing in transition that type of thing. Sure, but I mean I I don't think you can ding a. When you're taking him for the big man stats, right? Like, yeah. Well, I think not, the defensive stats yeah, are the biggest like, thing. Like the blocks, the rebounds, the steals, yeah. the free th- or field goal percentage. Like the, that's what you're taking him yep. for. So like, there's a lot of guys that you take for those stats, and mm-hmm. you assume you're, you're not going to get any threes from them. Where would you set the the over under? I'll, I'll just give you a number. Actually, over under 16 points per game. I'll take over. I think I would go slightly over, but not not by much. I don't think he gets to 20. I think like 18 and a half is probably where I would just set a what i would expect and then yeah. i think it could go over it could go under on that. yeah i think that i think that's a good line because i'm like i'm someone who thinks they'll use him or he'll in his first year he'll he's pretty much a big man in his first year like i think yeah. long term like he's he's a forward like he's a you know he's someone who he's a slasher like i think 
I just don't know in his first year how much ball handling he's actually going to do, how many jump shots he's actually going to take. Like, he's kind of a pick and roll, like maybe pick and pop guy. You could face him up from like the elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I kind of have a lot of doubts on how much they're going to use him outside of like a, a big man context. And I think it's just tougher for someone to get over like 16 points a game. Like DeAndre Ayton had a great rookie year, but he only averaged 16 a game on like 59% shooting. And if Williamson did that, I think that's that would be expected. Yeah, I think that's fair. Pretty big gap, uh, not surprisingly, between Zion Williamson and John Morant and R.J. Barrett. Uh, were you guys surprised how close these two ended up being four spots apart? Morant ended up at 91, Barrett ended up at 94. I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised because I, I think – Barrett <laughs> the summer league wasn't great for Barrett like efficiency wise um like you know re- like volume wise it was good but the the Knicks have so many other alternative options if Barrett's having like a bad game or he just gets off to a bad start as a rookie like they have Alfred Payton and Dennis Smith Jr. Randall's gonna just shoot a ton Knox still exists like you know I think I think they'll it's gonna be a lot harder for the Grizzlies to like not use John Morant constantly then it's going to be for the Knicks to not use RJ Barrett constantly I mean I think they're both going to be pretty terrible (laughs) Uh, say you have Morant as the second best point guard on the Grizzlies yeah I mean I I think Tyus Jones is just a better player than him uh this year and I think that Tyus Jones is probably their second best guard period this year so I think that there's going to be plenty of minutes for him to have even when Jaw's playing and then I mean the, this is for eight cat so like yeah. for points leagues it's going to be different like i could see drafting one of these guys if, if i'm not worried about my percentages but i think john morant's going to shoot below 40 percent from the field this year i think rj barrett's just going to be a disaster at times i don't really want anyone on that Knicks team other than mitchell robinson just because i have no idea on a night-to-night basis what i'm getting from a minutes perspective so uh with ja like there's you know, you're taking him just hoping that you can get eight assists or seven and a half assists right. and that he just doesn't destroy mm-hmm. your field goal percentage. But, I mean, that's just not that appealing of a of a player for me. Um, and I think, you know, it's he's kind of a slight guy. I don't know how Jaws going to hold up under his first 82-game season. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses, like, 15, mm-hmm. 20 games. So, um, there's just – I'm not interested in either of these guys, really. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to lead to injury necessarily. I mean, it certainly could, but I think his like two point percentage is going to be really rough. I think it's going to drag down his overall field goal percentage. Like he's going to have he's going to get a lot of shots blocked yes. that he hasn't gotten. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's going to be the same thing that we found out very early on with Lonzo Ball, where you know he's getting to the hole and just not finishing at nearly the rate that he was at the college level because he can't absorb the contact. He's trying to get around defenders instead of finishing through. Um, and that's something with Morant. Like we haven't really. You know, a lot of these guys, like Julius Randle's put on 15 pounds. You know, somebody you just mentioned, and Barrett's already kind of has an NBA body. Like, John Morant weighs, like, what, 170 pounds? I, that. I, like, he is basically the Brandon Jennings body. I, I ranked Brandon Clark ahead of John Morant just for this year, just because yeah. I, like, I think I know exactly I what I'm getting out of Brandon Clark, and I think it's what he gives you is maybe tougher to find later yeah. in the draft. Um, and I don't think he kills you anywhere. So, I... Uh, after Zion, I, I could see not taking a single rookie in like yep. any of my drafts, but um. yeah, those Barrett and Moran are points league guys. Yeah, like for sure. Like, well, I think th- Barrett's counting stats are going to be great, I, but I think the efficiency might even be worse than Moran. Yeah, well, I, I mean, what counting stats does he give you besides points and rebounds? I though? think he'll give 
four and a half assists, maybe more. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna pound the hell out of the ball. I don't think he's gonna give you much in the defensive categories. No. I don't think he's gonna give you many three pointers. So I, I think it's like point points and rebounds. I think he'll be above average for a rookie, uh, like a top five pick mm-hmm. rookie even. But um, I don't. I just don't trust David Fisdale to be like, all right, we're giving it's R.J. Barrett's like spot and this is like i i don't see how mitchell robinson plays less than 25 minutes a game but i mitchell robinson should be playing 32 minutes a game yeah i mean like who who even plays more out of dennis smith and alfred payton like i i don't i don't know well and the thing with barrett is he's gonna be surrounded by a horrific supporting cast when you're talking about getting assists other than lobbing to mitchell robinson are you kicking out to kevin knox for corner threes are you kicking to julius randall for elbow jumpers you know if he's playing with dennis smith is there a worse player to pair with rj barrett than dennis smith no, yeah gonna, i mean this team gonna is going to be a disaster <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday in the context of their front court and <laughs> yeah. you know who like let's say you want randall or you want robinson you know how do you possibly handcuff that in the event of an injury or something like that i mean there are literally five or six guys who could end up playing major minutes or at least in the past have been guys who've commanded 20 plus minutes for other teams and they don't have it's not like they like committed like here's a three-year deal julius rando we are committed to going forward with you like they don't it's all two years like deals. they don't really mind if, if okay i guess we don't really like you tonight like we're gonna play this guy like which is exactly like, what they did last year yeah yeah it's i mean what was their over under 29 and a half yeah, I, mean, I think comical comical <laughs> comically high uh all right any other guys you want to hit on uh who stuck out really at any point in the rankings could be rookies could be um you know kevin love i think was someone i had written down who i think you were quite a bit lower on him alex i had him i think 72nd or something but that's only because i in the drafts that i've done i've gotten him uh in like two separate drafts uh, one was at like 70 and one was at like 85 like he just people won't take Kevin Love earlier than 60 because they're so scared of his his injury history and so I think for me that's just like yeah he could Kevin Love could have a top 40 top 30 season but you can draft him at 75 and all he has to do is play 60 games and he gets value for you so yeah I mean I I think that he's the type of guy where he could win leagues this year if he just stays healthy and like basically just stays healthy like it doesn't really matter if he gets traded he's still going to be super productive and uh that's interesting that you can get him that late um Mm, yeah because i mean he was going like 30 spots higher last year so that's yeah i i mean what he provides is really tough to get in that range so uh one guy that i was a lot higher on than everyone else uh is jason tatum and yeah i think that I just really am kind of throwing out his entire last season and in terms of like projecting going forward, I, I think that he's gonna be around twenty, twenty one points a game this year, which is a massive jump from last year, obviously. But I think that he was just his approach last year was just so off. Like he was trying to get into the mid range way too much. And if he is more focused on taking threes and getting to the free throw line and you know, I think that there's room for improvement in the defensive categories. I think that he's one of those rare guys where, like, if you look at all eight categories, he could be a positive contributor relative to his position. And I love loading up my team with those yeah. type of guys early. Um, so maybe I was too high on him at, like, 30, but I feel like at worst he should have been in, like, the mid-40s or, or low-40s. Right. No, I don't think you're too high on him at all. I Actually, looking at this now, I, I feel like he – 
should probably be higher. Yeah, I agree with you that like he, his chances of one one of the we have like props coming later, but I thought about doing like Jason Tatum All Star in the East, like very yeah. possible. Yeah. and they lost Al Horford, who was like a big like ball handling passing guy for them. And if you know, kind of depends on what happens with Ennis Cantor, but Tatum could end up you know taking a lot of Horford's usage. Right. Kemba's not a huge assist guy. Kemba's not a huge assist guy. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think James, your ranking is closer to where he should be drafted yep. than where everyone else has him. Yeah, that was one of my bigger regrets as well. I mean, we talked about De'Aaron Fox jumping up, you know, so much in terms of free throws. Not many guys, you know, who have Tatum's profile, you know, have their free throw rate decline from year one to year two. I think that's going to leap back up. I mean, he was under three free throw attempts per game, which for a guy who can get to the rim and finish like him is absurdly low um and if you know if he jumps up closer to 34 35 minutes a game he was at 31 last year you could be looking at you know close to a block a game closer to a steal and a half a game i'm kind of annoyed like selfishly that the team usa thing is sort of happening because i felt <laughs> i feel like donovan mitchell and jason tatum would have just been amazing values yep. be coming off of like the years they had where you're making that like leap from year two to year three but all this Team USA stuff, everyone's like, oh, man. like, oh, right. It might be overreaction yeah. at this point. Um, did you have any other breakout guys to discuss? Somebody I wanted to talk about was Bam Adebayo. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, not not a surprise to anyone. I mean, when, when you clear out your you know nuisance starting center and basically <laughs> hand the job to somebody, it's, you know, it's kind of an inherent step up. But, I mean, I think he's going to be really, really, really good this year. I, I got into a not an argument on Twitter, discussion on Twitter Beat about <laughs> whether whether or not you should take Clint Capella over Bam Adebayo. Um, I think you should because I think Adebayo's ceiling is probably Clint Capella's floor. Now that's assuming Westbrook doesn't steal like three of Capella's rebounds per game, which is like very, actually very possible. Um, but there could be like a 25 percentage point gap in their free throw percentage though. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think it's, I think it's close, but yeah, I mean, Adebayo, I mean, I I worry he's just like a low usage player, like kind of forever. And that like his rebounding is always going to be good. He's always going to be high efficiency, but he's never going to average more than like 12 points a game. Whereas Capella could get you like 16 to 18 on any given night. I think he's going to be like Joakim Noah without the assists. Like, I think he's going to be like one and a half. Well, like his per 36, like he's at one and a half steals. Like, right. I, mean, that, I mean, he was like, at over two assists last year, basically playing part-time starter. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's in a full-time role with Whiteside out of the picture. I think he gets to two blocks and I think he's at like 1.2, 1.3 steals. And mm -hmm. then just, I, I think getting the double digit rebounds is easy. He's not going to score a ton of points. Like that's kind of the drawback. Right. Like maybe he's 12, 13 14 points a game something like that um but i just getting a center that is not going to hurt my free throw percentage and is going to help me right. in all the places i'm trying to get production from a center like that's mm -hmm. just so appealing to me that i like i i hate guys like drummond and capella just because it's so annoying to kind of mm -hmm. build around that free throw percentage but um i mean i i recognize how valuable the other stuff they bring is but like out of bio i think you can get that stuff to a certain degree without taking that hit and that makes sense. That's why we all have Towns so high. Yeah. And like exactly. why he's such a great fantasy player is because like Towns is going to shoot like <laughs> like 85, 90% from yep. the free throw line. You don't even have to. It's like you're not even taking a center. It's, uh, it's, he's kind of a cheat code yep. because you there's no other center that does the stuff he does without taking anything off the table. Do you want to take a few moments to talk about Thomas Bryant? Thomas Bryant, the second best player on the Wizards. By far. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I don't think it's close. Let's see what Isaiah has to say about that. Um, he, like, there's a lot of, his late season numbers are absurd. Like, yeah. his field goal percentage of scoring. Um, like, I know there's a lot of noise in, like, the num- the fantasy rankings in, like, the last 25 games of the season. But their backup center options are Mo Wagner and Jan Mahinmi. Um, there's, in my opinion, no reason for Thomas Bryant not to play 35 minutes a game. I think he can handle it, and he's a guy who his percentages are good. Um, he can shoot threes, good rebounder. Like another I, savvy Lakers move, just giving him away. Yeah, well, him. that's the thing. I think it took <laughs> right. me it took me a while to come around on him because he was so bad for the Lakers, was so bad at that second year at Indiana when he stayed in school. It did seem like a little too good to be true, but I mean, as you said, that especially that last fifteen game run, he was basically a fourteen and ten guy. Yeah, the, I think the the hard part about Thomas Bryant is going to be if you're in like a if you're in a fantasy league with a bunch of like other like people who play a lot of fantasy basketball, like you're not going to get any value on Thomas Bryant. But if you're in a fantasy league with like casual players, you could probably steal him at like pick one hundred, oh. and it'll just be ridiculous. Right? Um, are you are you guys interested in Rui? at all i was pleasantly surprised with, with how good he looked in summer league I, I think he would be worth like a late late round flyer i think he's a points league guy like i i don't see where he contributes besides like free th- field goal percentage free throw yeah. percentage points rebounds like he's not right. a blocks guy he's not, not a steals guy he's gonna shoot maybe 83s this year like I, yeah i didn't I didn't consider him until I looked at the wizard's depth chart again <laughs> right that's the thing like that's the appeal with him is they have to play him you would think close to 30 minutes I, Isaac Bonga is their third listed small forward right now. Like I, it's just the, he could play thirty five minutes. Like right. he he could actually play thirty five minutes a game, even if he's not that good. Anybody playing thirty five minutes a game should be on a fantasy he, roster. He could do like league. seventeen and seven. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look at look at the power forward depth chart too. Is you know we have Rui at one. I mean, maybe they bring him off the bench behind Bertans, but you know those are they're such different players that I, if, I don't. If Zion didn't exist, like, and this was the mid two thousands, I think Rui could win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> oh, absolutely. People just be like, whoa, seventeen and a half points, seven rebounds, like right. Wow. Well, and behind Bertans, it's Wagner and Bryant who you know are going to play center, and then Admiral Schofield who you know might spend half the half the year in the G League. So they right. they really have no other choices. I don't see them bringing in anyone else unless it's carmelo anthony I, I don't know you know who else is even out there that would make sense for them um are there any guys who you know who have been maybe top 100 players or, or even higher over the last few years who you think are just kind of you know this is a year they, they finally move into a you know the later phase i guess of their career i was a lot lower than all you guys on demar Derozan mm-hmm. because i think he is not a part of their best lineup and i think they are not really committed to him after this year. So I, I just, I, I mean, he was always sort of a overrated, like eight category fantasy guy in the first place, just because he doesn't help you in a lot of the areas you're looking for help from a shooting guard at, but um, maybe I was too low. I, I, I think I probably was too. Low. I'm probably going to bump him up a little bit, but uh, like I, I'm still about Aldridge like I think he's going to be a really solid guy again this year but I think DeRozan like he might not even be in their closing lineups against a lot of teams so I'd, you think he gets bumped by Murray and well, Derek White I think both those guys are in their best lineup I think you probably want Rudy Gay just for defensive purposes and like yeah. I, I mean I just I don't know I I think um <laughs> DeRozan not being a part of anyone's best lineup hasn't stopped him from playing 30 minutes that's a game true. before yeah, I mean, that's um true. but yeah I mean he's you're right in that like the the Spurs don't have 
they don't seem that committed to him being part of their future. He doesn't seem necessarily committed to playing for San Antonio. Yep. He's just a guy who, like 20 points, five rebounds, five assists is just valuable in fantasy. <clears throat> um, yeah. Well, I think one of the more underrated parts of his season last year, I mean, he was still at 21 points per game, six rebounds, six assists. One, I think the assists go down with the return of Murray. You know, I don't think he's handling it quite as much in the half court, uh, but he also relapsed as a three-point shooter. Yeah, that was... 287 attempts two seasons ago at 31%, which for DeMar DeRozan is pretty fantastic. Last year, 7 of 45. That's 16%. I, I can't imagine he's just going to jump back up to taking you well, know, no, six times. No, I think times. That, that's like a... Like the Spurs only want you taking shots you're good at. Like right. they, they don't they don't take threes just to take them. Like yeah. so that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. I think the threes are you can just write that off. Like that's not coming back, at least not this year. I saw I saw a video of DeRozan hitting threes and like Spurs fans were excited. It's like like he's hitting threes. It's like you're it's Popovich who made him stop doing this. Yes. Like why it's not this isn't probably coming back. Um but yeah, I think he's he might be one of those guys you can just get discounted because People, I think, yeah. I think you guys are way too low on Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I think he. I don't like him. I think his <laughs> personal. I, well, okay. I, I will give you that. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> you had you. all the Raptors very low. Um, but like, I think Van Vliet. Like, if you look at just the contributions he's going to provide as like a 32, 33 minute a night guy, he's going to help you in field goal percentage. He's going to help you. And free throw percentage he's going to help you in assists he's going to score like 15 points a game he's going to make two threes a game he's going to like get like a steal a game i mean I, I just think he's one of those guys that sneakily just helps you everywhere like kind of a like a joe ingles type of guy where it's like all of a sudden he's really good at fantasy and people are going to be really surprised if he takes six threes a game which minutes wise projections wise is very possible you know then I, then i think that helps i mean field goal percentage he's kind of hovered around 41 to 42 so i wouldn't expect like a huge help there I I just I, you know I'm already much lower on the Raptors overall. I, I just don't I don't think this team is going to be very good, and I I don't really trust these guys who have been really really good in specified smaller roles to all of a sudden you know they basically need like three guys to collectively take a leap from seventh or eighth man to you know third or fourth option, and I, I just don't see that happening. I my my worry about Van Vliet like I think he'll play a lot of minutes because I I don't think they want to do like Norman Powell. Stanley Johnson at the yeah, two um, is that he's just not really a scorer. Like he's his per 36 free throw attempts are 2.4 for his career. Like, I just don't know if that changes. Like I I'm sure he can hit a lot of threes. His assists are always good. He has steel upside, but I also feel like Siakam and Lowry are just going to handle the ball a ton. Like I'm expecting kind of a bounce back year for Lowry almost assuming he, assuming he you know plays 70 mm-hmm. games. But I think I think Van Vliet's going to have like a really big, like a his ADP like top end to like bottom end is going to be like a a pretty large. Um, there's going to be a, he's going to get drafted in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. All right, let's run through some betting stuff. Um, updated title odds via the FanDuel Sportsbook. Clippers are still the favorite at plus three thirty. Lakers plus four forty. Milwaukee plus five fifty. Philly plus eight fifty. Houston nine fifty. Utah twelve hundred. Golden State fourteen hundred. And Denver all the way down uh, at 1900. We've, we've discussed these kind of on and off since they came out after free agency. But but based on this, I, I like Philly at plus 850. Right. I don't think Denver's a title team, but at plus 1900, I, I don't really hate that bet. Denver at plus 1900, like, shocks me. They, I think they have, the, they have the, like, <clears throat> the deepest team in the league. They have a MVP caliber player. They, 
they could have easily been in the conference finals last year. <clears throat> I don't, they just if Gary Harris can stay healthy and Michael Porter Jr. becomes like a rotation player, I, the ceiling for this team is like very like. Obviously, they have a lot of teams to go through in the West, but nineteen to one odds seems like way too way too big. They should them. be flipped with Utah, I think. See, I, I like Utah more. Uh, for I don't necessarily like them more at twelve to one, to one versus Denver at nineteen to one, but I think it's more likely that Utah wins the championship. I I think Denver just matches up horribly with the teams most likely to come out of the East. So like, sure. it's going to be tough for them to come out of the West in the first place, and then once they get there. Mm-hmm. I just I can't picture them beating the Sixers or the Bucks. Is there still value in Warriors fourteen hundred? I, I I mean they have the top end talent and the experience. I mean if they if if they can get someone you know in the in the like free agent market towards the end the buyout market, then they have good odds. But like that depth is like on uh, like it, it took me another second to like look at their roster and be like this is I, I might uh, absurd if there was a bet. I'm sure there is a bet out there that you can find, but I, I would bet the Warriors to miss the playoffs if the odds were good enough because I think there's a scenario where they just pack it in before Clay even comes back. If like if they're if they're five games under five hundred and it's like Clay's starting to ramp up activity, mm-hmm. like what's even the point? I think that would probably require a Steph injury, which history has taught us is coming at some point. I mean, if Steph misses ten games, you, you and I, I think James have talked about this. Like, what? Yeah, what's going to happen? Like, any game Steph doesn't play right. before Clay comes back, they will be just so yeah. bad. I mean, you talked about Alec Burks. Like, if Steph misses <laughs> fifteen games, Alec Burks is the number two scorer on that team for a month. Uh, Warriors to not make the playoffs is plus two seventy. So it's not yeah. it's it's not great no. value. I mean, it's not as good as you would like no, it, it to be, right? Uh, odds to finish with the number one seed Milwaukee the heavy favorite in the east minus 130 Philly plus 160 and then it jumps all the way up to Boston at plus 1200 I mean I wouldn't bet against Milwaukee or Philly I'd, I'd be really really surprised if anyone else is in that discussion yeah I agree I mean the Philly they have enough incentive to just like rest Embiid yeah. and yeah. Horford that I you know I think taking their under would probably make sense but you could take their under and then take them to win the title, and I think that's completely – that makes a ton of the sense. The Bucks are just such a perfect regular season yeah. team that yeah. it's it's really tough to bet against them for that. Yeah. Out West, Clippers plus 260, Denver plus 390, Utah 440, Houston 550, Lakers 550, uh, and then Portland at plus 1,600. I, I don't think the, the Clippers should be the favorite for the one seed. I, I think either. much like Philly, I think they should be the favorite for the title but not the one seed. I think it's between the – jazz and the nuggets for me yeah and i think i i actually really like the jazz at 440 um because i think they uh they have that like both those teams have a distinct home court advantage because of the altitude factor and just the flight factor of other teams flying in um and then i think the, it's just I, I don't think people understand how big the upgrade offensively is that the jazz made this rubio to conley is going to be massive how how would you downgrade the Lakers now that we know DeMarcus Cousins has suffered a torn ACL? For real? Yeah. Adam Wolf, courtesy of him, just sent it to me from Shams. Um, no name. Yeah. <laughs> Lakers well, are well, DeMarcus well, Cousins well, suffered a torn to, ACL. I need confirmation name. from the Lakers reporters. Yes. Man. Yeah, this sucks a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, to be totally honest, I mean, I, it probably doesn't change things that much. I mean, like James said – 
I mean, anything that they got from Boogie was probably like well, a bonus. The, the thing that really sucks for them is they just have no way of making the team better yep. in the first place, like even without that. So they kind of needed all the guys they had on board to be pretty healthy and productive come the playoffs. Um, and, you know, does this bump AD into that that top three that we were talking about, or does it not really change I mean, anything with AD? He's shown he can be – uber productive alongside cousins already i mean granted lebron's not a part of that equation in, in new orleans but yeah i mean slight bump i guess i mean this is just brutal i mean what is this like for does cousins career just basically i mean not done done but is he ever a, more than a 45 games a year the rest of the way torn achilles torn quad torn acl in a matter of what a year and a half feel really bad for him yeah i mean i think he's it's a long <laughs> it's a long way back from all that I, yeah yeah um yeah i mean I, I don't i'm not really sure what to say of what it means for the lakers i mean it's certainly not a positive but yeah like you said i think the biggest blow is you just you know even if even if you didn't think cousins was going to be more than an average contributor you just don't have like he was guy someone you that. could play 24 minutes yes. a game in a playoff series and right they have one fewer of those guys now yeah i mean and he you know, arguably won Golden State one of those games in the finals, you know, arguably lost them, two of them as well. But just having that possibility, you know, of of an elite performance, even if it only comes one every five games, uh, no longer being there is huge. Well, we can look at MVP odds real quickly. Giannis plus 270, Steph plus 500, Harden plus 750, LeBron plus 850, Davis plus 950, um, Kawhi 950, Jokic 1100, Embiid 1600, uh no one after that really to me is is all that intriguing you do have cat at plus five thousand if you think he's going to go absolutely crazy like i think he'll have mvp mvp numbers it's just like he would need the the, they would have to win like 48 49 games for him to even be considered no matter how good his numbers are and that's just not gonna happen i think he would need an injury or two as well because if if Giannis has the same season he did last year and they win 63 games versus cats 48 i I think that's probably a tiebreaker you know especially if minnesota wouldn't make the playoffs i don't even think Giannis plus 270 is a bad bet like even though the odds are so low like i think that's that's pretty Mm -hmm. decent i think i mean steph Steph 500, I think that's decent too. I think Jokic plus 1100 is decent. Um, yeah, Jokic 1100, I like a lot. I, I don't necessarily buy into LeBron or Davis quite yet, especially with the, you know in light of today's news that the, the Lakers probably just won't be all that good in the regular season. Yeah, you just have to look at it. It's obviously production by the player is important, but the most important stat for MVP is team wins. Yep. So you have to look at the teams that are going to be up over not even just up over 50 wins yep. but like 55 56 57 yep. wins so it's just you know i think that probably takes Steph out of it to a yep. certain degree um so i think it's tough to, tough to be bet against Giannis there okay so in addition to those odds which were all via the FanDuel sportsbook we decided to come up with a few of our own props for this coming season um i know alex has a list i have a list james you have a few as well uh i'll let you kick it off alex yeah, uh, I'm starting off with with the news that LeBron is probably going to play point guard. Uh, I my prop is LeBron ten plus assists per game, which would be a career high. Um, I have it at plus six fifty. Um, I thought about going lower, but that's I mean that's a pretty big number for. I mean I know LeBron's like it. I mean LeBron's one of the best passers in the NBA, but ten assists a game. Is also a lot, and they do. They still have other point guards on the team. 
Yeah, I think that's a fun one. I mean, I yeah. think this could be a like remember that what was that heat season where he like tried to have the highest field goal percentage he possibly could? <laughs> right. Like I could see this being a try to have the most assists he possibly could type of year. Yeah. Uh, so that's a fun one. Probably I, to the detriment of the team. One one prop for the Lakers uh, that I was talking with Waylon about yesterday is uh, over under one and a half guards on this team that get banished from the rotation for missing open corner threes oh i think man. every Brad, i don't think every bradley's playing like after yeah. january because no. i think he's just going to miss too many threes and lebron's going to be like just him or me yep <laughs> i think kcp is on the hot seat i think troy daniels i think is very like, much on i the think hot kcp seat. and rondo are kind of made men in the sense well, that lebron just won't he just likes them like yeah, yeah he likes them for reasons that don't Clutch. have to do with their production necessarily so i think they're safe but i think uh troy daniels like Mm -hmm. he's probably a better three-point shooter than a lot of the guys we've talked about but lebron's not going to care if troy daniels is done playing i could see that going the way of uh, reggie bullock last year who just didn't shoot it well in la and that was it and i I, who was the other one mike Mascala, who they traded for and was just god awful for a month (laughs) never heard from him again like lebron's just done with those guys i think he gives you like Someone like Troy Daniels gets like a three-week tryout, basically. Even Jared Dudley, if if he's not oh. making threes, like he begged LeBron to be on that team, <laughs> and, and if he's not making threes, he's not going to play. Yeah. Um, for for the record, LeBron's highest assist per game in any season two years ago, uh, when it was kind of just him on that Cleveland team, nine point one. So ten is very much within reach. I think I would go right. under on ten, but I would say he'll lead the league in assists. I just I don't know if anybody gets to ten per game this year. Oh, okay. I think that's a hot that take sense. actually. You think but, so? I mean, he was like third or fourth, I think, last year. Yeah, that's true. I just and Russ obviously was one of the guys ahead of him. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not right. that hard of a take, but I think yeah, I would love to see LeBron do the the full on like true point guard passing season. I yeah. think I've been waiting for that for like fifteen years. What What are the odds that Trey Young leads the league in assists? That's a good point. I think if it's not LeBron and it's not Chris Paul, it's probably Trey Young. Like, I think he's almost the favorite with the Westbrook and Harden teaming up mm-hmm. factor. Uh, he was at, I mean, he was at 8.1 as a rookie. Right. And I, mean, I think he could easily get to 10. I should have checked what he was at, like, after the All-Star break or yeah. even at the halfway point, probably closer to 10. Uh, okay, my first one is Carmelo Anthony, over under 10 NBA games played next season. I'm going under one. Okay, fine. I mean, it's basically the same question. It's will he sign with a team? I, I, I think don't know will. if it's Somebody's the same question. It. I don't think it's a lock that if he signs, he gets to 10 games. <laughs> you think he would sign a 10-day contract? <laughs> well, I think he would just sign and well, like, play Houston. a couple games, and they'd be like, yeah. oh, this is I think he would get to 10. <laughs> I think he, play, he played 10 games for Houston last year. Um, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, the other part of this question is, if I told you for a fact a team I've looked into the future, Carmelo Anthony is signing with a team, which team would be the one that would finally pull the trigger? So for me, I think it has to be like a fringe – playoff team that <laughs> needs like a reason to get people in the building like, like detroit. detroit yes exactly <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going hornets <laughs> yeah I, I could see the hornets the jordan connection like just a maybe this will get more than 100 people to go to our games right <laughs> yeah once they're on like a 17 game losing streak they just need something and i think at that point like, i think mellow to date has kind of been holding out for a better situation like obviously he wants to play for the lakers um you know, play with somebody that he that he knows in LeBron. But, you know, at some point he's going to just be resigned to the fact that it's going to take a bottom five team to get him back into the league. I, I don't think that that team is going to be the Nets, even though that seems to be somewhat of a rumor this week. 
Yeah, I mean, he has to. I think he has to try out for a bad team, and then they have to trade him <laughs> to a good team for like a second round pick. I don't think he gets to choose which team he's on anymore. He doesn't have the right no, to he play for a good team. Doesn't. Okay, James, what is yours? Oh, I, I'm. We'll, we'll use your guys's. No, okay. oh, for which team? I said the Hornets. Oh no, I meant do you, are you? Uh, I'm, I'm out of prop. prop okay, bets. pass. All right, yeah. pass. <laughs> uh, we kind of touched on this earlier, but Russell Westbrook averages a triple double. I have it at four to one. Um, the I think I think he. I mean, I think he's in danger for assists and rebounds. Um, but I, it wouldn't surprise me. I guess I guess it would surprise me a little bit if he got a triple double. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, is it is it is his usage is his usage going to go down that much? I, I th- I'll say no. I think kind of like what we talked about before. He'll be he'll be close. You know, I think the the floor for assists is probably like eight and a half. Um, you know, he'll right. he'll be right up there, but I, I think he'll go under. Just just too much of an adjustment process. I Not, guess probably the rebounds is where. <laughs> He would, I don't know. Yeah, well, well not the, having Stephen Adams to the Thunder <laughs> situation. It was just a Westbrook gets a triple double type of offense. Like they, like it right. was everything was built sort of around that. And I mean, D'Antoni's not gonna. I mean, I think D'Antoni might try to get fired at some point this year. <laughs> but <laughs> I think he will too. Yeah, um, I think that it's just too much to expect both the assists and the rebounds to be there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think just having someone who hands out assists i know we you know harden took a little bit of a step back last year um but i mean russ handed out like 450 more assists than the next highest guy for okc last year who was dennis schroeder the backup point guard you know so like just having another player who creates assists you know paul george was you know he's like i think under three assists per game last year almost closer to two like there was no competition whatsoever like if somebody was getting assists it was going to be russell westbrook and i right. think the fact that that harden is there like even if westbrook you know, has a similar usage rate, plays the same style. Uh, there just won't be quite as many opportunities, I guess, you know, per minute or per possession or however you want to frame it. I think is like, I think he'll have opportunities. Like one thing I'm excited about for Houston is I think Westbrook will get the opportunity to, to run the, like run in transition with the ball. Cause yeah. Harden didn't really do that. They would like get the rebound, give it to Hargan and he would just kind of like jog up the well, court. He would, like run into defenders. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think, I think Westbrook being able to just grab the ball, take off mm-hmm. and transition will make this team really exciting. But I think you also give them an opportunity to, to just rack up assists yep. that way. All right. A couple quick Lakers ones. J.R. Smith over under 0.5 seconds played for the Lakers this season. Um, I, I feel like I have to go over. We, we talked about, I mean, you, you brought up like, are they getting like are these he'll be players like, getting banished? Take- this guy get him out of here yep i know jr i can handle jr he'll just be in la you know around like mid-november when in as soon yeah as soon as kcp or troy daniels or caruso or whoever it is gets banished i think he's kind of first in line another lakers one over under finish in the western conference standings 3.5 3.5th place so will they be third or higher or fourth or lower i'm gonna say third or higher um i for me, like the LeBron Anthony Davis connection to me is like I I can't express how excited I am and how well I think that will work. I mean, LeBron's never played like with anyone like Anthony Davis before. Um just from a pick and roll, pick and pop perspective. Anthony Davis is a defensive player of the year candidate. Um it's just hard for me to like have t- two top five players on one team and just be like, nah, they'll probably take fourth. I think they're going to be outside the top three because I just think it. it's 
the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Nuggets, I just don't really mm. have any hesitation saying those three teams will have better records than the Lakers. And yeah. it's not really about LeBron and AD. It's about the pieces around them. Sure. Same. Well, I mean, LeBron's teams have never, for the most part, not been great regular season teams. Neither have Davis's. I think, um, like, I think the Spurs and Blazers yep. are going to be right there with the Lakers in terms of how many games they win. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I thought about making this 4.5 instead of three i think the spurs are right up there with those other teams that you just don't worry about continuity wise um like regular season it's such a there's such a disconnect between how is this team going to do in the regular season how's this team going to do in the playoffs when we're talking about a lot of these teams like nuggets and jazz in particular Mm -hmm. like they they could just be juggernauts in the regular season and then get bounced in the second round yeah i I would almost expect that yeah um okay let's just rifle through these last few uh back to you alex okay this is a future bet Ben Simmons finishes with more career three-pointers than Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, who has 23 right now. Um, He is 25 years old, and this is the final year of his contract. So not sure how many more threes Kidd Gilchrist will be hitting after the season. But counting Chinese league? No, this is NBA three-pointers made. NBA probably. Uh, (laughs) This one's tough for me. I actually think I would – say kid gilchrist finishes with more he's got a huge lead he had 16 threes last year simmons has has attempted 17 in his entire career i i actually thought about making this prop um so shaquille o'neal hit his first three during his fourth year in the league i want to see how many games that was i wanted to do over under ben simmons hits his first three before shaq hit his first (laughs) career three uh but i changed to this i i mean maybe the odds are I, maybe the odds are very yeah. similar on those two bets. His camp, you know, maybe a month or so ago, I, I really hope you saw this, James, put out that video of him, you know, shooting threes in kind of like a workout type of setting. That made me feel less confident about him this season. Like seeing him rise up and then at the last moment switch from right to left hand to shoot that shot. And granted, he made it, but we've seen the same video each of the last three summers and it has not translated to any confidence whatsoever. You have to to go from like point a to point b you have to be okay with like looking dumb and looking bad and i just don't think he really has that in his makeup at all like whereas like like for Giannis to get to the point where he's at he's taken just dozens and dozens of really ugly threes (laughs) and it's like a testament to him that he's willing to keep doing it i just don't see any proof that ben simmons is willing to beyond shacked in a fool for how bad his three-point shot looked mm-hmm. in a game okay charlotte hornets uh i don't remember what the actual win total is i think it was like 22 or 23 and a half uh but I, i'm gonna amend this and say over under 16 and a half <laughs> wins for the hornets this year since 2000 hear me out only eight teams have finished under 16 wins um they're somehow only one point dogs at home against the bulls on opening night that's suspicious to say the least um but over under 16 and a half basically every other year since 2000 we've had a team that's been you know really really bad and i think they might be the team this year i think i i almost want to address this opening night game first yeah you have the floor. i think the bulls are be- first i think the bulls are better than the pistons so to me the idea of them being one point I, it just doesn't make sense to me like this could be a 20 point blowout Vegas knows something. Um, gonna have to, gonna have to grab my life savings for this one. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think this could be under. I, I wouldn't be super confident at sixteen point five. I think that's probably that's a good line. It there Vegas is doing us a favor by not putting it that low, like where you can bet the under and not have to sweat it out. But you know, if you go under sixteen and a half, you 
are probably sweating it out on the final couple weeks of the year. Because if because if Batum misses like thirty games, the, what do you that, mean? That's if? awesome. If right, and if Rozier, if <laughs> Rozier is saying if Nick Batum misses thirty games, <laughs> but no, they actually they actually Chris Bayambo goes down. <laughs> they really they actually need like think, everyone on their well, team to play I, see, 80 games. I honestly think Rozier is a key piece in them hitting the under. Like I think it, you need. <laughs> It just the Terry Rozier offense, that's a, uh, you know, that's just going to hit that under pretty easy as long as it, he's uh, the guy leading that charge. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's safe to say we're all pretty down on Charlotte. All right, back to you. Zion Williamson finishes with more dunks than LeBron did during his rookie year, which was 91. I, I set this at even odds, but I actually think Zion will get more dunks than that. Um. It's just a little over one dunk a game, and I it's hard for me to like envision a Pelicans game without Williamson getting like at least one dunk off a pick and roll, or like a dunker spot catch, or put back like every every yeah. game. Like, I think he had four dunks in those nine minutes that he played at summer league. Yeah, like um, he's somebody that just racks up dunks when other players you know get like an offensive rebound and just lay it in off the glass. Like he just dunks it because he's that athletic. Right. I would go way over on this as long as he stays healthy. If he plays at least sixty five games, I'm pretty confident he gets to hundred dunks. He should, and I mean, because he'll be looking. Dunks will be probably is one of his primary sources of yeah. offense, as opposed right. to LeBron, if you're in a league who was like, dunks. who was like confident. LeBron right. was like taking jump shots because he could. I don't know if Zion Williams, like Williamson's probably gonna every time he has the ball, he's like, how can I dunk this? Yes, I think his his like dunks per shot attempt, dunks I guess, will possession. be significantly higher than LeBron's were. Yeah. yeah. Um, scoring title, Harden or the field. Note that Harden won it by, I think, like eight and a half points last year. He also won it the year before. I think I think this is still Harden. Um I don't think I don't think Westbrook's gonna take that many shots away from him. No, I don't think so either. So, and even if he does, and like if Harden drops off by six points per game, he's still at thirty point one, which last year would have won it by two points. Right. And like I I don't know if Giannis is gonna play enough minutes. Like Giannis could average like as many points as Harden and he maybe almost did per 36 minutes um and I just yeah I don't I don't think any other I don't think too many other players that would be in that discussion need to play yeah as many minutes as they could to right. get that many points yeah it's just too big of a gap yep yeah I think Durant if he's healthy you know would have been maybe an interesting one in a new situation um I think Curry to some degree but as we've talked about i think the defenses are going to be able to key on curry so much that he would have to take an enormous number of shots you know to get to where harden was yeah curry has a really good chance but it's i their their season is just going to be strange yep um as evidenced by my next prop alec burks how many 30 point games over or under one and a half so i looked this up the year he was the healthiest and played like 27 minutes a game for the jazz he had two 30 point games now he's the uh, favorite, presumably, for sixth man of the year. Um, I don't know. 30-point games. If if Curry's out, if Curry misses 10 games, Burks is going to play 40 minutes. He's going to take 15 shots. I'm going to go under. I just I, I can't support this. I don't, I, I got to wash my hands of this. Under. Yeah, if it was 0. .5, I might go over. <laughs> right. But asking him to do two, that's yeah, just this too is, much. Yeah, I don't want to be involved with this. More games started next season. Markel Fultz or Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson. I mean, he he's going to be back in the starting line. I, I don't know if you heard what Karan Butler's saying, Markel's looking good. 
is that is that video out? I mean, Karan Butler like kind of teased a video where it was there's a picture of him and Markel Fultz, I think, just looking at a basket, kind of you know, reminiscing about what it was. What it used I think to Karan be like. Butler's like a life coach now for basketball players. He's an author. If this was a different player other than Fultz, I would say the other player because I, mm-hmm. I I'm totally fading the Warriors trying very hard uh, down the stretch this year, but I just don't buy into Marco Fultz starting many games. <laughs> okay, I have one more quick one. Uh, first coach fired. It's not really – I'm not going to set odds or give you names or anything, but who's who's the first coach fired? At some point, someone's getting canned. I, I think Frank Vogel will certainly be on the hot seat from day one. Um, D'Antoni counts, I guess, even if he gets himself fired. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they replaced D'Antoni's entire staff and then traded for – made a trade that he clearly was not happy with Yep. Um, there may be a mutual parting of ways like 15 games into the season. I don't think it will be like a legit firing. Um, I'm kind of going through teams right now. I don't. I, I think, think Kokoskov. I think, I think Fizdale yeah. could, could get. I mean, oh, they're yeah. going to need someone to blame the fact that they're just horrible. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, and that's a – talk about a situation I wouldn't want to be a coach in where you've yeah. just got 10 guys that are all the same and all play the same position. I think – yeah, I think there's coaches who could just get, like, let go. Like Scott Brooks in Washington. Yeah. Like, they, he just, like, you know, doesn't show up to work one day and they have to put out a statement like we've mutually parted ways. I, I think, think they just they just have to pay him. Yeah. They have to pay Brooks too right. much and it's not like this team's doing anything anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough to come up with, with others because, you know, a lot of – like Memphis – you know they they have no expectations you know a lot of the really bad teams either just hired a coach this summer or last summer um you know a team like atlanta like they're not gonna fire lloyd pierce if they don't make the playoffs no i think lloyd pierce is actually a good coach what about kenny atkinson i it's it would be so difficult for i think anyone to think that the reason the net season doesn't go well is because of kenny atkinson everything the nets have accomplished up to this point is in large part because of like Kenny Atkinson in the front office. And if Kyrie Irving destroys this team from the inside and DeAndre Jordan destroy this team from the inside, I don't think it's Kenny Atkinson's fault for not being able to manage egos. It will be interesting to see how much that KD, Kyrie, DeAndre, like triumvirate, like how much sway they actually end up having. I am. I I don't think we're going to get to this one, but I do like the Raptors over the Nets this year. I saw that was one. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you want to real quick, more wins Raptors or Raptors over the Nets. Yeah. I just I like the Nets. I don't. I don't think the Raptors are going to win a single game. <laughs> are you, Are you not worried about like a rebuild for the Raptors, like Lowry and Gasol I, gone I after like thirty the games? Much. I think they're gonna. I actually think the Raptors are going to get the four seed. Um, okay. Because I, I just wanted to fire. Why? <laughs> Why are you doing that? I think they have the. I think they have the. Ta- I do think they have enough talent to like get the four seed in the East, but I just wouldn't bank on that. I wouldn't bank on Masai Ujiri wanting i think without durant like i think the pieces actually fit pretty well in toronto where whereas without durant like i don't think the pieces fit very well at all this year in in brooklyn like they have two centers and like four guards that should all be that all think they should be playing a lot and like no wings poor jared allen yeah, yeah. I, I do think he's going to end up starting, but that's also the is not... the track record of Kyrie leading a team with this much like the team the the Celtics team from two years ago was just so loaded and yeah. and everything, but like Kyrie just doesn't lead teams that don't have like elite talent to more than like forty wins. All right, we'll wrap this up. 
James, Alex, thanks for taking the time. Uh, go read the top 170 composite rankings are on the NBA page on the site, and we'll I think probably issue an update on those in maybe two or three weeks as, as draft season gets closer. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com